Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast for the week of November 25th. I am one of your hosts, Night Swarm, and with me, as always, Filtercord. How's it going? It is going, man. This is actually not just the week of the 25th. This will be like the two weeks of the 25th. This will take you up past the holiday. Right, yeah, we're um, not 100% sure what our you know scheduling is going to be like uh, for the next week, so uh, we're just kind of keeping it open. If there's a bunch of news or anything, we might still try to jump in next Sunday and record like we usually do. Yeah. Um, if not, just kind of skip it and have it lumped in here. We have the releases. There's really not a lot going on, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, not a ton going on. We still want to, you know, of course, check in, get you that information that we found either funny or, you know, otherwise. Um, and you know, talk about, I mean, there's, there's at least one thing that I'm excited for that's coming out. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why don't we talk about what we've been playing? For sure. So, um I have been kind of diving back into... Okay, so first of all, I've been continuing to play um, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I don't want to talk too much more about that until you get into it, because I really don't want to spoil anything. Um, I Like, the kind of universal consensus has been the main character is not fantastic, and that's definitely true, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, they really did, like, a Force Unleashed thing where they got a specific actor that they liked, modeled the character after him physically... Um, you know, did all the mocap and everything that way. So, um, I think it's kind of the same idea where it's like, well, it's, it's, I see what you're doing. This guy's very much a blank slate. So other than that, I've really liked the game and even that is not, you know, it hasn't ruined it for me or anything. So, yeah, it is um, kind of hard to ruin something like that when you're, you know, so interested. Right, right. Exactly. So, so but cool. Since we're not jumping into that, um, what, what do we got? What do we got? Uh, other than that, I have been mostly playing Total War Three Kingdoms. I'm sure not a surprise. Not surprised <laughs> um, even a little. It's a game I really enjoy. Um, so feel free to just hop around this video. It's not me playing. It's just a, a good hour and a half chunk of the character that I've been playing as. Um, I started up. I was. I've been playing the traditional um, like coalition members basically. So I guess again, this is a real historical event and also <laughs> a romanticized story. In fact, when they say that something is romanticized, it's referencing Romance of the Three Kingdoms, right? Which is mm-hmm. uh, kind of, or like the, um, you know, a slight alteration, like a mythical alteration of real events. So uh, probably similar to what we think of as like Joan of Arc and stuff like that, right? So sure. um, Three Kingdoms period, basically there was a lot of upheaval. There's, there was like um, peasant uprisings that led to a lot of instability in the Chinese Empire. Uh, the Han Dynasty had become very weakened. Uh, and in fact, um, at this point in history, uh, the emperor was like a child. So couldn't lead. The regent that was in charge for the emperor, I believe, was his mother uh, at the time. She um, basically was not trusted by the peasantry or the other like nobility so um basically as her power was weakening uh out of fear that the dynasty would fail um this kind of tyrannical military commander uh dong zhuo stepped up and kind of took charge of the emperor and said hey i'm the regent now which by most people was seen as a military coup which it was right yeah um so then this coalition was formed among a lot of other nobles who basically took the war to the capital city, uh, laid siege to it, and Dong Zhuo, rather than allowing the city to fall, uh, burned the city himself, 
ransacked it and left out the back door with big the old balls right so he went back to his kind of territory that his family had uh and took the child emperor with him mm-hmm. and after this like kind of like devastating loss like the coalition did not plan on defeating like destroying the capital city of their entire fucking empire right right so um they were basically devastated by it um the coalition like fractured because people couldn't agree on what to do um and the main people from the coalition kind of went back to their own territory and were like well shit's about to get real hairy so i'm gonna build up an army and i'm gonna you know make sure my people see me as their leader and not the emperor right Mm -hmm. so this led to this massive like hundred years long period of civil war within china that eventually you know certain families would kind of survive out of and create a new dynasty um but the main game the easier characters to play as basically are former coalition members so there's like lu bei who is like this kind of famous uh warrior poet type guy uh south Cao, who ultimately his family would go on to win uh in history um there's like uh, the Yuan brothers. So there's a uh, Yuan Shao and Yuan Shou, which is or uh, Shu, which is really confusing. Um, then there are you know there's a couple other characters. Um, so I've been playing through as the different coalition members, and I started to get to the point where it's like, okay, these guys are all really similar, and I'm not seeing a lot of variety in gameplay playing as these different guys, even though they all have their own different resource that they kind of, you know, use to alter their play style. Uh, so I wanted to kind of branch out. So I was playing as this one governor who are the three governors all still consider themselves loyal to the empire sort of, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's not entirely true. Cause like you can still like declare war in the Han empire and the, you know, Dong Zhuo and whatever, but, um, they are not personally out to gather power. They're just trying to keep their, their region alive basically. So I played as a guy who's like a masterful um, trading, like his his whole thing is to build uh, trading monopolies. And that's this guy here, right? N- unfortunately, not. So oh, okay. this is okay. all my twisted tale to get to where I was. So the guy I was playing at was was Kong Rong, and uh, mm-hmm. he kind of has a really disadvantageous starting position, and he's like, he's kind of a weird character to play as. He ends up with a really strange shaped territory and everything, and I wasn't super into that when I started playing in it. Again, I just wasn't getting enough unique, like, interesting gameplay. So I was like, you know what, fuck it. This was a paid DLC that you got for free if you were uh, pre-ordered. So mm-hmm. I started playing as one of the leaders of the Yellow Turban Rebellion, the one with the, the most advantages, basically. Uh, hey Yi. So basically, the Yellow Turban Rebellions in real life were the things that started the whole downfall of the Han Dynasty. And... Uh, it's basically like like I said, these peasant uprisings. Um, it was partly over like the state of the economy and things, but it was also like religious based. Um, a lot of them were Taoists, and they were not allowed to practice their religion because the official state religion was Confucianism. So, you know, Taoists are sort of Buddhist adjacent, like very focused on balance and harmony and things like that. So, um, basically the the way that the yellow turbans, uh, the different yellow turban groups play, uh, specifically, you know, like I said, I played Hey Yi. Um, they like their generals are different. Like they have two of of the four potential general styles. 
And then there's like different mixes that lead to different character types. So there's like the scholar, the healer, um, you know, different things like that. Warrior, priest. Um, and their like hero units are much more powerful than average. But their kingdoms, like their, their um, like economic style is a lot weaker. So like because this is a peasant uprising, like you're, you're not forming marriages and there's not a lot of politics going on. Uh, mm-hmm. instead you're getting these really powerful hero units you're doing this big expansion and then when you're taking over these territories like instead of having like a normal farm that let's say it generates a hundred dollars per turn and it makes five food instead you're creating a similar type of farm that makes sixty dollars per turn but it generates extra food and like it makes people happier because it's like the peasants are working for themselves and they're keeping their profits rather yeah, than not, giving like, all the profits to their lord. Sense. Right. So uh, it leads to a totally different style of play. Um, I like... It, you start in like the center of the map and I kind of slowly branched out and made this really powerful heartland. And then now mm-hmm. I'm just kind of sweeping around the map, like trying to push myself to corners so I don't have to worry about, you know, enemies encroaching on my territory. And... Um, it's really, I, I was able to pull off something really interesting. So when I was playing as South Sal, which was my last full playthrough, um, I was able to, I think I talked about this, I was able to get a spy infiltrated into my enemy's country. And then my spy married the faction heir. And then I killed the leader so that my spy's husband became the leader of the faction. And then I was able to assassinate my spy's husband and my spy took over, which caused the civil guys. war, right? Yeah. So, um, like, doing just kind of the ability to make weird things like that play out. Uh, playing as Hey Yi, I did something really cool where I was sort of... You can't become allies with the other characters because you're a peasant rebellion and they're nobles. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can kind of, like, get people to rest easy with you. So, like, they don't just outright declare war on you and destroy you. Mm, uh, yeah. So I was able to kind of like carve out one of the major players early on in the game and just take him out because the other you know other enemies couldn't generate enough armies to take me down and again like your hero characters as the yellow turbans are much more powerful than normal uh basically i've only come across a couple other like hero characters that kind of stand up to me and you can just lose your hero characters in battle and it's not a big deal because they're not like nobles of a family. It's not like you just had your son and your faction heir die in combat. Like it's just some dude, you know? Right. Which is really cool. Um, so we were just seeing some gameplay here, and it looked like it looked like the player left his left his like um, units behind, and he ran forward. Yeah, and like that he, is something that you probably yeah. typically don't want to do. <laughs> But as... Um, well, they kind of just ran around him. The enemy units ran around him to go after his... Yeah, they're already targeted on... Uh, you know, they're they're already planning on targeting the, the other units, so they just continue with that combat, and he just kind of walks right through them. Also, I yeah. mean, your enemy's soldiers, if you think about it, they're typically just peasants. So yeah. they're kind of invested in you, I guess you know working with them rather than so like uh, you know he's they have big advantages against enemy units for for all kinds of different reasons like gameplay wise and like 
kind of structure wise, I guess. Um, right. Another big tactic you can do is to like attack, like assault enemy cities and don't take the city over, but just hit it and like deal a bunch of damage and steal money. That's one of the main ways to raise money since your, um, you know, your towns are less profitable. Um, and then when you do that, the enemy becomes really discontent with their owner because they're letting the city be attacked. So like mm-hmm. the people that live in a city don't get mad at the people that are attacking them. They get mad at the people that aren't defending them. Right. Right. So you can like attack like a Lube city, for example, attack it, sack it, piss everybody off, burn a bunch of buildings down, leave. And then they're like, Lube, where the fuck were you, dude? Yeah, so then the right. people there will revolt and they'll create a yellow turban rebellion unit. And then you can just roll in and sweep that unit up. And it, like, joins your forces. It's really cool. Like, the the way that you kind of have to, like, build up these little complementary synergies is really interesting. Um, and it's it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of unique. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a totally different play style than I had done before. So I'm really happy with that so far. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I, I was able to, I just want to share, like, the cool thing about these games is little stories that happen. Because overall, you play for, like, six hours and you conquer china like that's everything they have that's kind of the point yeah but i was able to carry out this really cool um a really cool little event basically like so i had been like i said i was basically able to carve out a really powerful enemy in the center of the map and like take a bunch of farmland um Mm -hmm. it got me really well positioned and i was able to like supply a lot more troops and stuff um so once i did that i was basically on i was kind of cool with uh one of the coalition members called uh lube uh Bay. he's like sort of like a folk hero like he's from a noble family but he is not the inheritor of some city somewhere like he's sort of a normal dude mm. so me and him were cool for like a long portion of the game like uh, the the beginning of the like the first act let's say of the game me and him were cool uh, like we didn't fight each other at all um which is kind of rare and eventually um he there's like this point in the game where a bunch of the units make like a mad dash over to dong zhuo's territory and try to take the emperor because if you take the city that the emperor's in then you then are able to like you take possession of the child emperor and you move him to your capital city right and it's like a way to like you instantly get the han empire becomes like a vassal under your command and like there's like a bunch of advantages to having the emperor. It makes you more legitimate as a leader and all this stuff. So, um, uh, he was able, like my, my sort of, not my friend, but you know, somebody I was cool with Lou Bay was able to do that. He captured the child emperor and moved the emperor to his capital city. His capital city was directly next to my territory. And I had two units just happened to be nearby. And I was like, dude, what the fuck happens if the Peasant Rebellion takes the Emperor? Because at this point, the Emperor is like 15 years old. Uh, normally, as the game plays out, he eventually becomes 18. And then he should be able to take power on his own. And then he becomes <laughs> like, he basically abdicates the throne. Because he's like, I can see that my dynasty has ended. And like, I don't want to, uh, like, I'm not going to make the Civil War go on because of me. Like, I'm abdicating. Or some event will happen where he steps down, right? So... At this point in the game, he's like 15 or 16. So that's still like several, several turns off. So I'm like, dude, what happens if the Yellow Turban Rebellion gets the Emperor? So I was just like, fuck it. I declared war, moved in on this dude's city with my two units, my two armies. And uh, we like 
took it in about a turn and a half. And it triggers when, like, certain big things happen in the game. Like, when you're transitioning from different periods of the war, it'll play a cutscene. Mm-hmm. It plays the cutscene of the Han Dynasty falling. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that typically is what happens when the Emperor turns 18. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck? And it ends, and it shows me, like, a little, a little uh, you know, announcement that's like, the Yellow Turban Rebellion has killed the Emperor. My fucking dudes literally walked into this palace and, like, slayed the Emperor. And they were like, Murders. no more masters. It's yeah, so yeah. fucking cool, dude. So, like, I went on to, like, confederate the other branch of the Yellow Turbans. And I'm, like, in the endgame now where um, three... Since I'm not a kingdom, right, I can't declare myself the Emperor because we're mm-hmm. a rebellion. So, yeah. like, the three kings have declared themselves Emperor. And, like, they're all in the... The period where typically the the typically you are one of the three, and then you fight the other two until you either get them to surrender or you take them over, and then you become the one emperor of China or whatever. Like, I made them all declare, like the three strongest factions had to step up and say, "Hey, I'm going to be the leader now," and then I'm going to slowly just sweep them up as they're at war with each other, because they're not like it's really interesting to play as the yellow turbans because enemies aren't really incentivized to fight you. Like, you're not, like, a political enemy or ally because you can't really mm-hmm. do the politics, right? Which, again, the politics right. are really good in this game, so I'll definitely interact with that. But it was just not what I wanted for this playthrough. Um, so, like, it, it's, it's just really fascinating because, like, it, it just completely changes how you go about the game. Like, enemies don't necessarily want to fight me unless I'm, like, fucking up their territory. But at the same time, everybody hates you because you're, like, these rebels that... Basically, your whole stance is that nobles shouldn't exist. And every other person in the game is a noble. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, they all hate to deal with you. And you have, like, these amazing wrecking ball type hero units that just come in and completely wipe them out. Like, it's 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 really been having a lot of fun with that. So, um, nice. yeah, I'm going to continue and finish that off. Because I'm interested to see what even happens. Because, like, you know how do I declare myself like how do I win a game where I'm not the emperor right because the whole point is that we don't want an emperor so I'm kind of wondering if when I kill the other two kingdoms if the third one will say I'm the emperor now and then they will just try to focus on destroying me like I'm not really sure what's even going to happen so um, it's very interesting though but yeah that's that's been the primary thing I've been sinking the most hours into the other thing I've been playing obviously something you've been playing as well uh, we're both continuing to play through Pokemon Shield. Yeah. So how has that been for you? Do you have a general thoughts on it? Or are you still kind of, you know, it's a bit too early and you're still... Yeah, I mean, um, so I made it to Hammerlock. And my, I guess my play style I've been doing is not really working out super well for what I'm mm-hmm. trying to do, I guess. Um, yeah. It's kind of like... Uh, I've been like cycling through Pokemon a lot trying to just kind of generate um, like level like evolve Pokemon as fast as possible to fill out my Pokedex and I'm not really I don't have like a super good um, um, like core like I don't have a good core team exactly so okay. uh, I, I kind of have formed one now out of like desperation but um, yeah it's it, I'm just, my play style that, of what I'm doing is not really working which is always weird when you're like halfway through a game. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I mean, for me, I, I've 
uh, you know, of course, uh, since we've both been playing it, it is kind of weird that we have the same game, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, you know, like, I, I've, at first I was like, I'm going to have, like, one or two Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Well, it started with just one. I'm going to have one Pokemon that's in the party strictly for leveling. Yeah. Um, and I think that started with, like, I cycled through a lot of Pokemon rather quick. The first one that I had was Toxel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get him from the first daycare that you yeah, run yeah, into. Yeah, he's cool. Cool as fuck. And he levels up and evolves into one of two kinds of Pokemon, depending on its, like, play style. Mm. Or its uh, That's nature. That's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's cool. You run in, You can run into more later, and, you know, it's not like a like a huge thing or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it started with him, and then I evolved him, and now he's, like, a mainstay in my group. Yeah. Uh, the evolved version. And um, who else did I have? I had a Pancham that I... I don't know why I like Pancham. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I evolved that. That's a mainstay in my group now. And I think my last one is... Oh, yeah. I still have, I still have that Gyarados that nice. I've had for, Very like, nice. the whole game. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been my main three. I use the other three slots to, like, cycle out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been okay. Like, I had... For a while, I had a, a Punkaboo that was, nice. uh, like, a mainstay. I got rid of that because I was like, you know, it's getting a bit too high of a level. I'd like to trade it to, you know, take advantage of the moves it'll learn as, you know, its next form. Um, so I swapped that out for a uh, Litwick. Yeah. Which I really like Litwick. Um, and I think I have that to lamp it right now. So it's its middle form. Um, there was a little, like, hat, Hatum? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The little yeah, hat. It's a, it's a little psychic hat Pokemon. Yeah. I have that at its middle form right now. And I just got uh, um, a dragon ghost named Dreepy through a random trade. Mm, yeah, I got as that. Too. Le- as level one, I have that in my party as well. That's the other one I'm trying to mass level. But I am thinking, like, maybe I need to get rid of, like, Gyarados. Yeah. And, you know, level something else up. I do have um, the starter, uh, the um, Sobble. I have that at yeah. max level and form. That one's pretty cool. I don't know if... Creepy-do um, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, not a huge fan of the look of the... <laughs> Of the last, really, the last all one. of them. I think all of their evolutions are kind of bad. I, I mean, um, I don't mind Grokey's. It, it's, it's like a yeah, weird he's probably the the finest drummer. Yeah, um, I actually Dave really Grol- like um, Chutels. Dave Grolkey. Uh, yeah, Dave Grolkey. Yeah. I like um, it's a water turtle that you get pretty early on. Yeah, uh, named Ch- uh, Chutel. Chudle it evolves and, uh, into Dreadnought. Dreadnought. Yeah. That one's badass. Yeah, Dreadnought's that cool That thing's so. fucking cool. And, like, the Gigantamax Pokemon. It's really cool that, like, any Pokemon can Dynamax, but certain ones also Gigantamax, so they become even, like, it changes their style and they learn new moves and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Dreadnought's one of those, right? Really? I haven't checked that out yet. Yeah. I, I just noticed that... So, there's one Pokemon. It's a, it's a fairy Pokemon named Milkray. Yep. You can yeah. evolve that like, into milk cream sixty-two or, different mm, times. Creamy 60, or something. Yeah, Al cream. Yeah, and there's like sixty-two different variations of that Al cream depending on the sweet you get it. Interesting. 
Yeah, so the first one I got, and I think it might be the first one everyone gets, it's like a, like a strawberry, you know, pinkish color ice cream with little hearts on the top of it. Yeah. Um, but I have some other ones that I'm waiting to evolve. You can get those pretty early on, I think right before you get to the first gym, you can get them there. Mm. Um, and then you have to go to the sweet shop and battle each day. There's a few sweet shops around. Um, battle each day and they'll give you an item um, that'll be like dark sweet or you know whatever kind of sweet um, and you just give it to that Pokemon and while it's holding that item all you have to do is run in a circle mm-hmm. and your character will uh, that it'll evolve um, that one when it Dynamax it also Gigantamax into a big fucking cake okay that's kind of cool. Uh, cool I was pretty surprised on that um what else? Get him is there. He doesn't. Yeah, he's not into it. I got pretty lucky actually. I found a. Um, I think the Pokemon's name Sazzle. Uh, Salazzle or something like that. Yeah, the yeah, little yeah. freaky it beco- lizard. It becomes Salazzle. Yeah, it, yeah okay. it's a female that only it only evolves. The female will only evolve. Shit, I might have to double check on that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I got lucky. The first one I found was a female, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" So yeah. I evolved that. That was in my party for a while. Um, I also ended up getting a, an Inke, which is a little like squid Pokemon. Yep, he's cool. Yeah, you have to flip the system upside down when it uh, is on the screen where it's saying it leveled up. And when you hit the button next, it evolves. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Yeah. There, I've, been, I've been looking at these weird, like, different evolutions and shit that can happen. Um, and that was one that... Um, Damn, that's cool as hell. Pasty told me about. Yeah. Because if you flip it upside down, it looks normal. It looks like the Pokemon is upside down when, when you're looking at it, the system right side up. Mm-hmm. Straight up. It's so weird. Just like think about that for a second. Yeah. Um, that was uh, another pretty cool one. There was one more that was uh, an interesting evolution. Uh, we evolved Shelmat and Carablast. Mm-hmm. You have to, you, like, you would have a Carablast, I would have a Shelmat. And mm-hmm. when we traded Tra- those two for each other, they would evolve. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so I got one and Pacey got the other on that. I need nice. We need to trade the originals again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, finally seeing some of the, like, cool Pokemon, like, the Galarian versions. Like, I just got a Ponita. Mm-hmm. Which was pretty cool. Um, the Morapico. Yep, the little hungry guy. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. My man. Um, and one of the other things that you can get is um, you get these little like fossils, and you can com- take them to a certain person and combine them together. Yeah. And they'll give you a Pokemon. Yep. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I did not really see cool. that coming. I actually sold a few of them because I was like, oh, it's just you know whatever. Bro. That's not good. Um, I might have sold a couple. So they go in the, like, valuable section? Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. So, I, I mean, if you did sell it, it's not a big deal. You'll get more of them. Um, and sometimes Pokemon that you capture have them on them. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. One of the other ones is um, Sensity, the little teacup yep. ghost. Um, when it evolves into the, like, its next level, that's, like, the teapot. Yeah. Uh, there are counterfeits 
in the world. They're basically ghosts pretending to be that Pokemon, which is interesting. Um, and you can tell when it does an attack, there's actually a little blue sticker underneath, like a little blue like sticker on the underside of the teapot. And that signifies that it's not a counterfeit, that it's like an original. This is the original teapot. It didn't get like a, you know, it's not just some random ghost inhabiting a teapot that looks like an original. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's pretty cool. So there's a lo- been a lot of cool stuff with evolving. Another thing that I really, really like, and I didn't think about it until about halfway through, was um, collecting the uh, cards, character mm-hmm. cards. That's really uh, that's really interesting because, like, when I got pasties originally, it was like you know a standard league card or whatever. It's just like fresh off the bus kind of look. Yeah. And then we traded later, and like he had, you know, had time. It looks like he like his character had grown up basically, which is kind of cool. Like you know, his character had went shopping. His character, you know, he got some more like background stuff. It looks like. It almost reminds me of like collecting baseball cards because it's like, oh look, I got the rookie card, yeah, and now I got the pro league card. Huh. It's yeah, just kind of cool little things like that. The cards are kind of neat to look at as well, right? Like the last one I got was Alistair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it has a little like backstory about like each person. Yeah, yeah, cool stuff. Cool. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely like. I like a lot of the changes and, like, the new things that they've added and stuff. Um, I think I'm going to stick with this Pokemon game longer than I have with a lot of the previous ones. Um, okay. I, I think That's overall good. they've done a really good job on it. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, it's like they've taken a lot of things. The only thing I wish that they would do is stick with... Um, like how we had... Uh, what was it? Z-Move. And we had... Um, Mega Evolutions, and now we have Dynamax. I want them to stick with one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, it feels it, it feels weird. And another thing that I really really dislike um, is that the Pokemon are out of order because they're not putting all of the Pokemon in the game. Mm. So you'll get like a Charmander, and it won't be its normal number. It'll be number like three hundred and blah blah blah. Yeah, and it's like that. That's weird. That's weird, right? That's weird. I um, agree. But, you know, I guess just looking at that, I guess it's little complaints. Yeah. I don't know. Um, everything everything about it's good. Like, it's so much so I haven't really been playing much else. It's pretty much it. Hmm. Okay. But, you know, we'll see what next week holds. Um, right. see if I get that itch to go back to... Uh, like Death Stranding or anything like that. I've been kind of wanting to play something um, multiplayer. Yeah. So that'll lead into some of the games that we're talking about. For sure. Yeah, I think I know the exact up. one you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, as always, guys, uh, you know, for the people who are watching this live, they already know. But we have been recording this live over on Facebook.com 
backslash Mammoth Games Inc. As well, during the week, you can join us there talking about all of the top news and video game stuff that matters. Most of the stuff that you hear here on the show, whether you're listening to the podcast or watching it live, you'll see over on our Facebook first where you can join us, talk to us about it. We appreciate all the likes, comments, and shares over there. And don't forget as well to follow us over on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know when we go live and do junk just like this. Um, we share some other stuff over there which, you know, can be surprising, um, you know, including this quick look at uh, three days after release, Shinmu 3 dropping to thirty four ninety nine at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes talking about uh, little freebies that you can get. So we appreciate you guys over there as well. Uh, but why don't we hop into the games releasing? Uh, these guys are releasing. This is the two-week span, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So this is between uh, November 25th to December 8th. Uh, There's really not a lot left coming out for the end of the year. I think a lot of, um, I don't know, I think a lot of companies have kind of realized that, like, it's It's not not super, it's not really a good time, I guess. I mean, it's, it's not only is it not a good time, but I feel like they just kind of migrated. They're like, well, what? You know, it, we always had, like, the summer drought, and the summer drought's kind of going away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not so bad anymore. There was a lot of stuff that came out this summer that I played. Um, yeah. And the spring is really picking up. So, really, it's spring and fall on when we're getting a ton of games. Right. Um, so, next year's spring is looking very... Powerful. Um, very, very powerful. Some would even call it tight butthole. Mm-hmm. If you want to go with workaholics reference, perfect. Yeah. Um, so uh, why don't we just go ahead and jump into the first game releasing? You know a bit more about this one than I do. Yeah, yeah. So um, coming from Snapshot Games, uh, exclusively on the Epic Game Store on Tuesday, December third, uh, Phoenix Point, which is um, so Snapshot Games was founded, or at least uh, one of the you know important members of the team is Julian Gallup who actually helped create the original XCOM. This is very much that like a... Um, this is very similar to, uh, you know, the new XCOM games, basically. Um, same kind of mm-hmm. concept, same kind of gameplay, um, you know, sort of a, a squad of units moving around a map in a turn-based type format, taking shots, setting up, that kind of stuff. Okay. So um, it's kind of like... Seems like it's it's like aliens or monsters or something that they're facing, but uh, very similar to XCOM. Just kind of a an alternate, uh, you know, combative, uh, you know, somebody to, to kind of challenge XCOM's sort of hegemony in that market. So, so what happened with um, Julian Gallup leaving? I don't uh, he, remember. I mean, that's that. very typical of the uh, um, Sid Meier's, you know, Firaxis crew. Like sure. a lot of people will work on a a game or like launch a big series so the original civilization that designer went on to do something else civilization 2 that designer went on to do something else civilization 4 that designer recently released a game that was something else and like civ 5 has gone on to do something else so like it's kind of like an incubator like um at for axis it seems like somebody will get set up in a really big position with a lot of power and then they will kind of move on to um, kind of go start their own thing, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's interesting. It kind of reminds me how like television shows like this week we have the celebrity guest director of blah blah blah. Right, and it's it's also similar to what happened at Looking Glass, where yeah. A lot yeah. of those guys went on to kind of run their own studios, and then some of them even have gone on to run another studio. So, yeah. it's very interesting. That's cool. Um, yeah, the game looks really cool if you're into that XCOM-y, turn-based, uh, alien, militant-style game. Um, yeah, definitely go check this one out. Um, up next, we have, coming out on Thursday, December 5th, uh, specifically to PC, that's coming to... Steam as well, right? Mm, it it eventually is coming to Steam and consoles. Okay, I'm yeah, just yeah. not sure so, what the delay on that is, and that's also true of the, the next game coming. Oh yeah, yeah, I was talking about the next game. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is this one coming to Steam or is it the same way? Uh, same thing, coming to Steam and consoles on Phoenix Point and also. Um, yeah, yeah. Centers. The next game from uh, coming from Airship Syndicate. Great guys. Um, yeah. Darksiders Genesis. Now this one, like I was saying, it's coming to PC, but where's it coming to on PC? Uh, that's a good question. It's probably is Epic it... as well. Okay. I assumed it was at least Epic, but I didn't know if it was on PC. You're coming to Steam. Excuse me. Um, while you look that up, if you guys don't know, this is the Diablo-style Darksiders that we saw, I believe it was this year at E3. Yeah. Um, this was coming hot off the heels off of a very wet and squishy noise that Darksiders 3 made. Okay, it is coming um, out on Steam. Okay, so it's coming Steam okay. and Epic. Yeah. Same. Um, and Stadia. Hey, and Stadia. Okay, Not a Stadia. lot of news for that yet, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Stadia is out. I'm hearing uh, it exists. very mixed things. Yeah. Um, so we're going to give it the old ooyah minute, as we like to call mm, it. Boy. Um, but yeah, th this one is very Diablo. Um, you play as uh, Strife, but you can also... Right? It's Strife, right? Yeah. Uh, but you can also play as... Is it... I think it's just two-player, right? Mm. Um, um, I think... It. I don't know. It might. I think it might go up to three. I remember... Yeah, it was I a weird number, so I think three, it was three. But I'm definitely waiting I've, for it to come on consoles. Probably mm -hmm. Switch. Mm -hmm. but definitely seems simply, uh, you know, looks amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out, like, what char playable characters you will be. Um, Strife will team up with... I keep seeing Strife will also team up with his brother, War. Mm, nice. um, okay, so it's from, just the two that we know So of. everything that I'm seeing here... Uh, yeah, it's coming out on... Uh, Stadia, and then it just says PC, um, December, and then February 2020, it's supposed to be hitting Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. It's considered uh, a spin-off prequel game to the Darksiders series, and introduces uh, the fourth Horseman of the Apocalypse, Strife. Nice. Um, so Strife and War. Uh, I don't know why I thought it was Death as well, but... Um, yeah, I, did, I definitely thought that, too. Yeah, uh, but it looks really, really cool. Um, some mounted combat. You have, you know, your uh, standard, like, um, Diablo style. We have to figure out this little, like, dungeon, figure out the way to get out or move on. Um, but, yeah, all of that uh, coming surprisingly fast. Uh, it just seems to me. I don't know why. 
uh, here on um, December 5th. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the final game we're looking at, something I'm excited for, but uh, not necessarily a new shock announcement or anything. Uh, Friday, December 6th, we're looking at the release of Ancestors The Humankind Odyssey on PS4 and Xbox. Uh, this is the one. game where you are a gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> And you have to uh, uh, try not to kill the kid that falls into your pen at the Cincinnati Zoo. <laughs> R.I.P. to a real do one. The, do you get to name your gorilla? It's uh, a great question. Uh, and it's like a roguelike <laughs> survival game. You're like a really early human or whatever. You're like learning what plants you're allowed to eat and which alligators are going to kill you or whatever. Yeah, and if you die as, as you die in real life. a character, you <laughs> die in real life. Yeah. No, I, I thought if you died as your current... Uh, prime ape that you're playing as do you become the one on its back uh yeah i don't know i thought that was like the progression maybe i'm wrong on that yeah you become another member i don't know if it's a specific one so you will feel that this game has uh you know some similarities to some other things the climbing mechanics really remind me of assassin's creed um and you know your character can climb trees jump from the tree to grab onto other leaves in that assassin's creed style way and that's because um this is done by uh what's that french name? yeah patrice yeah. desolet that's him um so the, the uh one of the creators of the original assassin's creed games yeah so i feel like his contribution to video games was a climbing mechanic um, legend yeah a legendary climbing mechanic, true lord yeah. um so uh i I think that's gonna be really cool the quality of the game isn't high we've been seeing like in-game alpha footage mostly and i think we've seen a little bit outside of that Mm -hmm. um but i think if we give the the gameplay a shot i think that's where it's really going to shine you know trying to um protect yourself and the others around you it's interesting um so yeah i i can't wait to see more about this i want it to have a weird feeling i want it to have a feeling like a cross between you know like uh like assassin's creed and outlast where you're like i can do all of these things but mm. yet i'm kind of defenseless in the end yeah it, you know you're just trying because there's things that are higher on the food chain than you right um so pretty interesting um, but that's pretty much it for uh, you know this these next two weeks. Um, December we have maybe like a couple more uh, decent games that are coming out. Right. Um, but yeah, these next two weeks we really have uh, Phoenix Phoenix Point hitting PC. We have Darksiders Genesis um, on PC as well, and then Xbox and PS4 getting Ancestors. Yeah. So, if there is something that we missed, let us know over on uh, Twitter. Uh, that's at Mammoth Games Inc. Uh, we'd be more than happy to talk about, uh, you know, a game that came out that we might have missed. Uh, so, we also don't have really any alphas or betas or anything like that. I do know um, up until today, Borderlands 3 was free. Um, yeah. So that was something that we couldn't really predict because they talked about it on the 20th. Um, yeah. So we couldn't talk about that last week. Um, but, uh, you know, usually there's something over on the, um, like, Epic Game Store 
uh, you know, that's coming out for free. Let me take a look really quick and see what they have up there right now. Um, right now is a game called Bad North. Thanks. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I played that. Jolten Edition. Um, so you can grab that one free now until the 29th. Um, and then starting on the 29th until December 6th, you'll be able to snag up Rayman Legends if you haven't got that free literally everywhere else that you <laughs> can play video games. Yeah, really? Um, so, uh, you know, get out there and get those free games on PC if you are a PC player. Even if you're not a PC player, create an account, start digging those up, and you'll, when you do get a PC, already have a full library of games that you can either go back and play or uh, neglect. Um, or just feel good that your library has something in it. Yeah. All right, so let's hop into uh, the weekly news. That's my um, favorite thing to look at. We don't have a shit ton here either. There was a few things that kind of shook up that, you know, of course we want to talk about. Um, first, why don't we talk about what... It, people kind of freaked out about it, but I expected more of a, like, oh my god moment from it. Um, mm-hmm. But they announced uh, a new Half-Life. Yeah, so uh, Half-Life Alex A-L-Y-X. Um... It is VR exclusive, so a good way to try to sell our uh, motherfucking, um, you know, what is it called? The, the, the Valve Index? Okay, is it coming out exclusively for that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's exclusively with VR. I'm not sure what all VR Where works all, on what, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it is exclusively well, on Steam, and it has to be on VR on that platform. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do a little bit of research on that to see where that's catchable while you're talking about it. But the puzzles and stuff look really good. The game looks really good. Um, I don't know why it did seem kind of weird at first where you play a game where you're... It's literally just your hands, no arms. I always did kind of wonder, like, why can't we just have these arms? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. What's the big deal? And I still kind of feel that... um, but I guess I'm getting a little more used to it. Um, but this does look super sick. Uh, I'm not sure. on Movement does seem like you're controlling your movement. You're not throwing a token or anything. It looks like you're, you know, getting behind cover and, you know, kind of moving around um, like a standard video game, which is something that kind of um, a lot of VR games... It's where they kind of fall short because it's hard to make those, um, you know, like head movements and stuff and body movements work without making the user sick. Um, And then on top of that, all of the, um, like, resources it takes to make that go down. Um, But, I mean, it it looks really good, but I still think people were like, ah, fuck this. They're just trying to sell their VR right um and this is definitely not what we wanted they're just trying to like cash grab to make that you know make the sales on the vr yeah Um, i feel that i feel that um but with that said it's it looks cool it looks really cool um so i mean this is something that i hope we get a little bit more you know like a little bit more gameplay on like Mm -hmm. i'd like to see you know, like, like 
10 or 12 minutes of just gameplay. You know, something that's not really, like, integral in the story. It just shows some combat. Right. Maybe a puzzle. Um, like, how your character, like, physically moves. Uh, and, you know, just stuff like that. Um, but it is interesting. I mean, there was there's parts where you see your character standing behind something. And they, like, peer around the corner and take a shot. And then peer around, like, this other side of this pillar and take a shot. Um, so I'm like, maybe it is kind of stuck in place. Um, and it is, you know, just very cover based. And other times I see the character like run over to like a bookshelf and like mm-hmm. swipe all the shit out of the way to grab like some ammo that they found. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I don't think this is something that's going to hit the fan base the way that they want. Um, and a lot of people are going to end up missing it and then it's going to give Valve that, okay, see, yep, they're not ready for the next half-life thing you know yeah like at this point it's pretty much impossible for them to live up to expectations um so it's i don't know it's it it's a really delicate situation that i don't think i don't think it's possible for them to ever live up to yeah exactly and we've talked about that before i think too yeah um cool uh so we'll go ahead and just move right along uh here on the 20th we kind of alluded to it uh they did have a borderlands broadcast uh talking about borderlands 3 playing some of the game um and talking about their new dlc uh moxie's heist for handsome jackpot um or heist of the handsome jackpot um so it is handsome jack's uh like hyperion casino i guess um and you're going there doing your Borderlands thing looking for Handsome Jack's jackpot. Uh, I mean, I did not get a ton of information about this just because I want this to be fresh when I, you know, jump in there. Yeah. Um, and it does get me excited to, like, and want to go back to play, uh, like, my second playthrough as Moe's again. Um, cause I, I ran through it as flat completely and really enjoyed it. Uh, it was also free this weekend. So I'm hoping some of those people, you know, saw it and enjoyed it because it's, it's fun. Um, that one is coming out December, uh, 19th. So pretty freaking quick. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. For sure. Um, yeah, so let's just jump right into it. Yeah, this, <laughs> the biggest deal of the year. There's two. There's two things that we'll talk about today. This next one's one of them. The other one will be uh, definitely more video game focused. Yeah. But uh, the Cybertruck, huh? It's really something. It's yeah. It's, it's something. Um, it. <laughs> it's. It's paid advertising for uh, fucking Cyberpunk next year from CD Projekt. Yeah, yep. No question on that. Um, so if you haven't seen the Cybertruck, it is a very angular mm. looking like pickup truck style. Um, it has kind of like a very wide A-frame where it comes up at about the back point of the front window the driver's side window or the you know front window i guess it comes to a complete point there and that point slopes down toward the nose and then all the way to the tailgate of the truck so it creates a perfect a uh a frame on top um yeah it 
technically has six seats. Um, has storage in the back. They were talking um, a little bit about that. I'm actually going to pull that up. Um, the like specs and everything. Uh, you know, they they were kind of showing it off on what it is and what it can do. Um, the exoskeleton is ultra hard, thirty times cold rolled stainless steel. Um, it's just the same stuff that they're using on the test rockets for Mars. Um, it it has a lot of interesting things that kind of come with it. Like the shape is very interesting right away. Mm-hmm. The like even the way the headlights work. There's a light bar on the very front where your headlights would be from driver side to passenger side. There's two small lights at the bottom where floodlights would kind of be if you didn't have those like high mounted aftermarket floodlights. Like I know some of the Subarus have floodlights closer to the bottom. Um, it's like that. And then there's also a light, uh, like a headlight bar across the top of the windshield, um, which is a little unusual. Um, there are like three different models, the single motor rear wheel drive, the dual motor all wheel drive, and then the tri motor all wheel drive, all coming out at kind of different times. Single, uh, motor and dual motor will come out pretty close to the same time from what we understand, where the tri motor will be pushed to... Uh, like at least a year later um looking at that mid-grade model uh it has some pretty decent specs uh zero to 60 in 4.5 seconds uh the range is uh 300 plus miles per charge it says um it's a dual motor all-wheel drive storage is um uh yeah 100 feet 100 cubic feet i believe that's exterior um and most of that's lockable uh the towing capacity is uh ten thousand pounds which one of the things they did at the show was talk about how it beat out an f-150 in basically like a tug of war truck versus truck yeah um it has adaptive air suspension 16 inch ground clearance with um you know, yeah, a bunch of other little things that they kind of talk about. If you get the standard model, it does change. Of course, it is just rear wheel drive. The zero to 60 is 6.5 seconds, uh, and it only has a 250 mile, um, uh, like, drive uh, with the electric motor. Whereas if you jump up to the tri motor, uh, 2.9 seconds, zero to 60, with 500 miles plus. Um, and everything else stands about the same, except the towing capacity, of course, when you get more and, you know, if you get more motors, the more towing capacity. It actually almost doubles going from the single to the tri-motor. Um, everything else is pretty, uh, you know, pretty standard, um, but it has, has some kind of cool stuff um, on the outside. Like, I like seeing the, they have, like, the tailgate has a built-in ramp. Mm-hmm. That's fucking weird. Yeah, that's kind of... It's pretty cool. And cool, yeah. Yeah, um, they have a. Uh, it has from the top of the A-frame that pulls pretty much all the way down to the bed where the gate would be up. Um, it has a. Uh, uh, what would you call it? it? It's like a bed cover, mm-hmm. but it's strong enough for you know a full-grown human to stand on it without it ruining it. Right. I mean, I don't. Rec- I would probably wouldn't recommend it. And it does have a little, like, solar panel look to it. Um, 
the rear lights are pretty interesting as well. Um, if your bed is down, uh, it has two lights that kind of stick out like rear, like uh, your like brake lights or rear lights. If the bed is up, the whole bed has a light on the back of it as well. So it's like a like a straight kind, just like the front. It goes from driver side to passenger side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's very interesting. The interior is very minimalist. The steering yeah. wheel looks really. Um, it's not a standard circular steering wheel. It's a, you know, it looks like a racing wheel. Right. Yeah. Um, so they did some stuff live on stage uh, with the old boy, and some of it worked out. Some of it didn't. Yeah, like they and, tested the uh, glass, which was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's a weird thing I think to test on stage. Right. Yeah, definitely should have thought of that ahead of time. So, I mean, first they started, they, you know, one of the designers brought out a sledgehammer. He bashed in the door of, like, an F-150, and that thing caved, of course, because, you know, what it's made of. Um, But he hit that cold-rolled steel outside of the um, Cybertruck, and it did nothing, really. Uh, You saw the door shake a bit. So that was interesting. Yeah. and then they start pulling out other stuff and, you know, start trying to hit the windows. Um, he pulls out a baseball-sized uh, ball bearing. Mm-hmm. And he overhand throws that right at the window. And it busted immediately. Um, now, Yoinks. he said it was bulletproof. Um, it does beg the question, and you and I were talking about that a bit. Did yeah. it? Was that what it was supposed to do? Yeah. Was it supposed to hit like that and then disperse the energy and break the window, but not shatter the window? Right. It's a good question. Maybe it was exactly what it was supposed to do. Maybe that was exactly what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, g- the general thought on this thing is, God damn, that thing's ugly as fuck. Right. Yeah, yeah. I really don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and see, on the flip side, I really do like it. Yeah, I know. I've, um, heard, I've heard a lot of mixed uh, opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. It depends on, like, so, like some of these people, um, you know, out here really like that. It reminds me of, a, you know, an 80s movie. Yeah. So, like, straight up, it reminds me of, you know, uh, like, I guess not 80s specifically, but it does remind me of, like, a, what we would think a future car would look like from the 80s. Right. Uh, but... Some people like that. Some people are like, no, absolutely not. But the, I feel like some of those people who are like, uh, you know, eh, give me a Ford or whatever, you know, something like that. Those are the same people that can't grasp the concept of we could have something more convenient in our life if right. we gave it a shot. And it was something we were kind of talking about at, uh, that I was talking about with some other uh, people when they first announced it. Um, I was like, how rad would it be if you could, on Friday night, uh, you know, go do the things you need to do when you get ready to go to bed. Go get in your fucking car and tell it where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And then go to sleep while it's taking. For you. sure. Wouldn't yeah. that be awesome? Yeah, that's, I mean. That's what we're working towards, I mean. And, and it's not saying let's get rid of all the self-driving vehicles. We'll have separate, you know, some sort of like separate system that make that possible. Yeah. You know, you're not supposed to drive on the automate the um 
you know, on the automatic self-driving car roads. Don't drive there. That's not for humans. That's for self, you know, that's for these cars to go from. It's like a train. Yeah. You don't drive down a train track. Um, and, like, that would be really cool to be like, oh, hey, so we're going to shoot the show Saturday and we're going to go to, like, PAX or whatever. Cool. I'm going to, uh, you know, on Friday when I go to sleep, I'm just going to jump in the car and, it, you know, it'll take me to, like, PAX or somewhere relatively close. Yeah, I don't know. It seems um, it seems like it would be really good. And that was another option that they had here. Like, mm-hmm. if you go to the order now um, section, the cost on the car was really, or the truck was really surprising. Single motor, um, under 40000 just yeah. under, coming in at right around 40000 Dual motor, just under 50000 And tri-motor, just under 70000 You can get the self-driving feature for an extra $1,000. You can pre-order it, actually, for about $100. Um, and uh, that was... You know, one of the other articles I brought up uh, that was kind of surprising. You know, just talking about all of the um, reservation and stuff like that that they had. Um, they've already hit 146,000 reservations with the, Damn. you know, refundable deposit of that $100. Um, and Elon Musk actually tweeted uh, 146,000. Uh, thousand cyber trucks ordered so far with 42 percent choosing the mid-range option of that uh dual motor uh 41 percent picking the tri-motor and 17 percent picking that single motor yeah interesting that's kind of surprising so some pretty cool numbers to think about um i mean even though you don't like it i do know you really like the technology that it's kind of pushing toward like mm-hmm. the um electric car and or electric vehicle um so uh, i mean it it is interesting this this kind of fits two uh categories for me yeah this fits of course wanting an electric vehicle an all-electric vehicle because like one of the funniest things i saw was like what like it was a post about it and they're like what do you guys think of this it's like well it's easier to find a gas station than it is to find a place to plug in your car and it's like yeah, but what happens when we run out of gas for gas stations? Yeah, I mean we're what we we've hit we've gone past the halfway point of all oil or something, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't that true? So yeah, like, no, yeah. I mean we're we're at the point of no return for that. Um, yeah, they so definitely need to like, they definitely need to fix the the charging like the fact that it takes so long. So a supercharger does your tank your your full battery in an hour. Yeah, for a supercharger. Regular ones are like three or four hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine having to wait to, to make a pit stop and having to wait for, you know, three hours. Like, yeah. that's brutal. Yeah. So So it would make most trips, like, it, if I were to make a trip back to Ohio, and I had the 500, at the halfway point, I would have to stop. Right. Which is probably a smart thing. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, that's right? fine. Right. Yeah, I um, have a... It's a good breaking like, point. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, at that point, I think you're probably. It, it's weird. It serves two two purposes as well. Like, not only you know is that the limitation of the vehicle, but it's also probably not great for you to drive seventeen hours straight. You know what I mean? Right. Like right, like right. 
like we had done before, driving straight from here all the way to where we used to live in Ohio. Right. A thousand plus miles, which is insane. Um, but yeah, this kind of makes that a little... Yeah, a little you know, more bearable. A, a little more bearable. And we sure. find when we do stop, the trip's a lot better. So, yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, if you guys have some thoughts on this, sh- you know, certainly let us know. We have a post over on Facebook, and uh, I believe we have one on Twitter as well. Yeah. So definitely some interesting stuff going on there. Yeah. Um. So kind of sad news. Uh. Well, not kind of sad. Definitely just flatly sad. Um. One of the co-creators, uh, really big mind on uh, EverQuest, uh, producer and designer Brad McQuaid, has passed away at 51. Pretty young. Yeah. Um, it's probably because when you work 200-hour uh, weeks for your life, you age at triple speed. Yeah. So That's... in game dev years, he was like 130, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, stuff. I mean, he definitely... Um, he, uh, so just part of the info we got here from TechSpot, um, he got a start in the video game industry in 1989, worked in a couple of demo projects over the next several years. His big break came in 96 when he was hired by John Smedley at Sony Interactive to work on an online role-playing title, which would go on to become EverQuest. It was the MMO, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, he would eventually leave Sony and create his own studio, Sigil Games, in 2002. Uh, it was sold to Sony in 2007. It's kind of funny. Uh-huh. They made one game, Vanguard Saga of Heroes. His most recent project was an MMO called Pantheon Rise of the Fallen. It was being developed by Visionary Realms. Uh, we currently don't know what's going on with that game, and it's been in development for a really long time, so it's probably toward the back half. Uh, the, you know, Mostly yeah. completed at this point. but um, Probably never see it, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. But uh, definitely a really cool guy, really important to the industry. Um, just think about, like... Again, World of Warcraft is because of EverQuest. Yeah. Uh, I remember my cousin was really big into EverQuest 1 and 2, so... Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone who... It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, this was the place to go that people... Like, people who loved playing tabletop games. EverQuest was the video game they were playing. Mm. Like, you know, in the... You know, early days of MMOs. That was, like, where they just flocked to. Because it was pretty much like taking those quests... Uh, you know, like vir- like virtually, you could actually see right. what was happening. So, right. um, yeah, it was pretty much all thanks to uh, uh, Brad McQuaid over here. So, definitely hats off to him for yeah. creating uh, a genre of game that you know is doing some has been has not been doing as well recently, but. Um, the stay of some of these projects is unreal. Like, the stay of World of Warcraft. Even, like, something newer, like Guild Wars 2, is still doing pretty well. And yeah. it's been out there for a while. So, um, and it's one of the harder things to do in video games, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, keeping an MMO relevant for more than 30 seconds. All right, cool. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. This one's kind of a rumor mill, just something we started uh, that we started here rumbles about. We kind of knew that it was coming, um, but Capcom's been eerily quiet, and uh, you know we hear that they're um, currently working on a Resident Evil Three remake, um, which is pretty rad. Resident Evil Three was a great game, kind of takes place. 
um, you know, right around the same time as two. Uh, I mean, I believe it was right around the same time. Um, it might have been Leon and everyone had, you know, their thing. And then this was the piece after. Um, I believe it was Jill looking for her partner, uh, which is the same person that Claire was looking for in two. Um, and, she, you know, she comes back to Raccoon City and shit has gone haywire. Not only has it gone haywire, um, things have mutated out of control and there's things like the Nemesis running around. Um, yeah. Nemesis is like the skin on this character's face is barely hanging on for dear life. It has no lips it's just completely peeled back and parts of it are tried to, you know, are stapled together. He has a big overcoat like um, Mr. X, uh, but he's wielding a rocket launcher. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of swung this around as Mr. X was, uh, is Nemesis, but um, a more heavily uh, mutated version of that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, I don't know what direction they're going. We don't even know if this is... Um, actually going down it's just there's um a few different people talking about it uh you know um and take it with a grain of salt but there was a youtube channel spawn wave um hmm. and uh even the european uh game outlet Eurogamer confirmed um yeah. that their sources have talked about it so that one's a little more credible i guess but um, take it with a grain of salt, as always. Uh, things from the rumor mill, uh, but I'd like to see it. Three was up there for you know some of my favorite times in playing video games. It was the end. Uh, this was literally the last true Resident Evil in this that was created in this manner. After this, we got four. Well, we got a bunch of shitty ones, some really bad ones. And then we got Resident Evil 4, which changed it from a survival, a horror survival, um, you know, game like 1, 2, and 3 to a uh, action and survival game. You know, it, it, you, I don't know. 4 was good, but it did some bad stuff, I think, for Resident Evil as a whole, which led to 6. So... Um, you know, as we as we would say, though, take that with a grain of salt, right? All right. So uh, the last little bit we want to talk about is uh, the Game Awards. Game Awards are coming up. You can actually check out the Game Awards December twelfth, um, eight thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, five thirty p.m. Uh, Pacific Time, um, and it'll be on most uh, digital social media and gaming platforms. You can watch it, of course. Um, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Steam, Mixer. You can even catch some of that stuff on, uh, you know, if you're like a diehard GameSpot or IGN fan, you can catch it there. Um, but uh, some of the nominees have been announced. You guys can go and vote for what you think. And, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about this a little bit just to see um, out of these ones, kind of who would we pick? Um, so do you want to start at the bottom and save Game of the Year for last on who we would pick out of those ones? Sure. Alright. So VR slash... the bottom, now we're here. Yep. VR slash AR game. We have um, Asgard's Wrath, 
uh, Blood and Truth, Beat Saber, No Man's Sky, and Trover Saves the Universe. I mean, it's got to be Beat Saber, right? It's got to be Beat Saber, for sure. Yeah. Um, everything else has some cool stuff going on. Yeah. I don't actually know about Asgard's Wrath, but Beat Saber's uh, yeah. just completely nailed it, in my opinion. Yeah, it, I mean, you see that one out there quite a bit. No Man's Sky is still ongoing. Um, Trover's, is, it probably nails the comedy. It'll, that one will probably make me laugh more than anything. But. Yeah. Um, so we'll check out uh, Strategy Game. We have Age of Wonders Planetfall, uh, Anno 1800, Fire Emblem, The Three Houses, Total War Three Kingdoms, Tropico Six, uh, and Wargroove. Well, we know my answer on this one. Yeah. Uh, seeing as how I did not play that, um, yeah, really the only one I played out of these was Fire Emblem. So I would have to probably go with Fire Emblem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that one really fits the... I mean, it is a strategy game, but it's less of a strategy game than, you know, something like Anno or Total War. Right. All right. Uh, sports racing game. We have uh, Crash Team Racing, Nitro Fueled, Dirt Rally 2.0, um, Evolution uh, Soccer Pro, uh, or Evolution, uh, or Pro Evolution Soccer um, 2020, uh, F119, and FIFA 20. I imagine FIFA will pull that W. Um, but the one I would probably have the most fun with is Crash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to compete with FIFA specifically because it's so dominant in the like sports game industry, I guess. Right. But yeah, I don't know. It, probably Crash Team Racing would be the most interesting for me. Yeah. All right. The best music score. See, this um, is tough because I typically play games on mute. <laughs> <laughs> shit um so we have uh is this cadence of hyrule yeah uh death stranding devil may cry 5 kingdom hearts 3 and scenarios wild hearts yeah sayonara wild hearts is probably pretty cool score wise i can't give it to death stranding just because yeah. like they know what they did uh interested yeah, it's just immediately it's like Kojima found out about these guys. Uh, oh yeah, hundred percent. It's like it's like come on, no. Yeah, it yeah. does have some great sounds, has some great uh, music that's played. Um, I think for me, the one that stands out out of these is probably Kingdom Hearts, though. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the only thing that I'll give to Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, um, I, yeah. I don't know. It's a tough one. Role-playing game. We have Disco Elysium, Final Fantasy. Uh, yeah, that one is 14. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne, and The Outer Worlds. Hmm. The Outer Worlds. I, I mean, I really liked Outer Worlds. I, 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 would, I, need, I would need to give that one to The Outer Worlds. Yeah, best role-playing game. I mean, Disco Elysium is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a weird one. I think maybe I would give it to Disco Elysium just so it gets more attention. Sure. But uh, I think Outer Worlds completely nailed what it was doing. So yeah, it was really it'd be a toss proud. up between those two for me. Sure. Cool. Um, so best performance we have Ash- Ashley Birch as Pravardi in the Outer Worlds. Mm, very Courtney good. Hope as uh, Jesse from Control. Laura Bailey as Cats from Gears Five. Or no, it's Kate. 
Uh, I saw the Diaz at the end and it threw me off. Um, Mads Mikkelsen as Cliff from Death Stranding. Um, Matthew uh, Porita uh, as Dr. Casper Darling from Control. And Norman Reedus as Sam Porter Bridges from Death Stranding. Hmm. Um, I mean, it. so I don't know what... It, it's kind of tough because, like... Um, so uh, Matthew Peretta in uh, Control as Casper Darling is insanely good because mm-hmm. it's like he's in these like sort of like how-to videos that are like company videos. Oh, okay, that's fine. So he's like he's literally just playing himself. He's just goofing like, off. Like he's an actor and a and like he's constantly having fuck ups in the videos and stuff, which is really good. Yeah. Um, Courtney Hope did a really good job in Control and the, the characters modeled after her and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Ashley Birch did a great job with Pavardi. I really uh, like Pavardi. I fully am in love with uh, Maz Mickelson, as it's yeah. correctly pronounced. So that's tough for me. I don't know. There's a lot going on, folks. Yeah, yeah. This I, is a tough one. This one for me, uh, I can't. I can't put Norman Reedus in that group because his acting for me is not ever good. <laughs> Norman's Petus. As much as I appreciate his role and everything, he's very much just like. Yeah, I know. What's up, man? Yeah. You know, it's just like he's out for a, on a smoke break. I can't take his acting seriously. Um, there's few times when I can, and, you know, a lot of that came out during The Walking Dead. Mm. Where you'd see him actually, like, be offended by something or be affected by something. Right. I haven't seen any of that in my play Death Stranding yet. Uh, mm. Mass Mackelson, definitely I've seen his. His is pretty good. Um but between the two, right now, I think I like Pravardi's character the best. And that, maybe it's not her performance as that character, but it's more of just that the, character. Yeah, like the character itself. Yeah. So I guess it would go to Mass. So, yeah, for me, I, I would I would pick uh, Mads Mackelson as Cliff in Death Training. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we will go up to ongoing game. Best ongoing game. Get him. All right, so which one are you picking? He's like, ongoing no, I'm, games. he's like, I'm done now. Yeah. Um, um, but, these are something that I'm not super into. Mm-hmm. So I would say League of Legends if it was on the list, but it's not. So, uh, Yeah, which is a little weird. Uh, but the choices are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Um, I think the winner for the most content for an ongoing game would be Fortnite as they delivered not only like daily uh, yeah i mean apex does the same thing they deliver something really good daily um but fortnite did it in kind of a different way they had been on the same map for 10 seasons and then they turned off their fucking servers Hmm. yeah that was insane that was straight up insane so for me i'm like i gotta give it to fortnite for that one yeah all right uh, best narrative um, we have A Plague's Tale uh, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium or The Outer Wilds so again on this one so the best narrative I would probably say either Control or Disco yeah from what I've seen Disco has the best out of the ones that I've played it, which would basically be Death Stranding and Outer Worlds um, it would probably be Outer Worlds yeah. just because they have um the paths you take make like I finished that game already mm-hmm. and 
it, the paths you take, it, they, it has consequence, and they tell that story to the end. Yeah. So that's really cool. It shows like, oh, and you know, two hundred years from now, this is what can be, what can happen with this decision that was made. Right. So that one's kind of cool. But yeah, you said you'd give it to controller disco. Yeah. I really like what Disco's doing, but I haven't gotten far enough to really say too much, you know? Sure. Um, that said, I think uh, uh, I've gotten enough of the way through Control that I see where it's going what it's doing, and I like that a lot. Okay. Nice. Uh, best multiplayer game. We have Apex Legends, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Tetris 99, or Tom Clancy's The Division Tool. Um. Yeah, for me, I, I would probably go with Borderlands. Uh, yeah, I think um, it's got to be Borderlands. I mean, Apex is definitely a lot of fun, uh, yeah. and I like playing that with multiple people. But I think Borderlands definitely won that one. Yeah. All right, best mobile game: Call of Duty Mobile, Grindstone. Uh, yeah, I wish I could play Grindstone. What you can't Apple play? Arcade only? Ah, um, what the golf? Nice. Uh, Sky, the Children of Light, and the Sayonara Wild Hearts. Yeah, I would say of those, probably Sayonara Wild Hearts. Okay, um, that's one that's available on console too, so something I've been able to experience. Uh, but it's also an Apple only uh, mobile game. Ah, yeah, it's really okay. Good killing me lately yeah all right so checking out independent game best indie game um baba is you disco yep. elysium kitana zero the outer wilds right and the entitled goose game yeah i think it's got to be between disco and untitled goose game i think untitled goose game probably gets it Probably. Um, I really super enjoyed Katana Zero. Yeah. That was um, a game that had... Uh, it had a fun story. It had um, difficult moments. It had moments that made you feel like a straight-up badass, like a god. Um, but that being said, I mean, I didn't get a chance to play uh, The Outer Wilds. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying worlds in a weird way. It's wilds. It's a different game. Um. Right. So yeah, probably entitled Goose Game. Get it though. Yeah. Games uh, for impact. Games for impact. We have Concrete Genie, Gris, Kind Words, Life is Strange Two, and Sea of Solitude. Yeah, I have Sea of Solitude and haven't played it. Mm-hmm. I also have Greece and haven't played it. So I am fucking right up. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably give it to Greece. I, I know Greece is really cool. I, I really like the art style a lot more, and I think it did kind of a new original thing, I guess. So but I'd probably give it to Greece. I feel like Concrete Genie or Life is Strange is going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Life probably is Strange. Probably Life is Strange. Uh, Concrete Genie was a really cool idea. I like the idea of a game that anyone can be an artist. Mm. So that's really cool. Uh, game direction. We have Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and The Outer Wilds. Um, direction we have to take 
Resident Evil like clean out of that, right? Yeah. That just seems silly to say that. Hey, this is in the running because of its it direction. Was there game direction? The, I mean, the game direction was do the same shit we did. Yeah, it was. Years it was ago. handled fourteen years ago. So like, um, so that um, was kind of out. Probably Sekiro. Yeah, I would say Sekiro or like maybe Death Stranding because that one's so weird. The direction had to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, control. I don't know. It was probably up there. Uh, like the direction that that game took, it sounded interesting. I'm hoping to pick that one actually up during the holiday here. Sure. Um, a fresh indie game brought to you by Subway. Fresh. Um, Disco Elysium. Uh, uh, I think he said it was Greece. My friend Pedro. Uh, the Outer Wilds, Slay the Spire, or Untitled Goose Game. Um, <laughs> my friend Pedro was a lot of fun. That was just unadulterated fun. Yeah. Um, the other ones seem like they would have like some more weight to them, except Untitled Goose Game. That one has literally nothing, but it's just fun in a different way. Right. Um, I don't know. This one's tough. What do you think? Yeah, it is. It's definitely a tough one. Um, for a new independent studio that released its first game, what's the most impressive of all those? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe Outer Wilds. Probably, yeah. They um, did, between they, they that and Disco, scope. probably. Sure. Uh, I mean, Disco Elysium is one of those games that's just impressive that it exists. You know. Yeah. All right. We'll move on up to fighting game. We have Dead or Alive Six, Jump Force, Mortal Kombat Eleven, Samurai Showdown. Or Super Smash Ultimate. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be Super Smash, right? It's, There's no way it's not going to be Super Smash. It's got to be Super Smash. Um, I know in the fighting community, Samurai Showdown is Kind of popular, yeah. Mortal Kombat's, of course, always going to be big. Right. Um, this one is kind of a toss-up, but when you go to a fighting tournament like CEO, the people gather around Super Smash. Mm-hmm. And DBZ. Actually, people yeah. love the Dragon Ball games. All right, the best family game. Um, I wonder if Nintendo is going to win this one. We have Luigi's Mansion 3. We have Ring Fit Adventure. Uh, Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Or Yoshi's Crafted World. I think as far as like family game, it's of this list, it's probably got to go to Super Mario Maker 2. Yeah? Yeah. Um... I mean, I could see it go into Yoshi's or Luigi's, um, just because you can have you know those multiple like you see those like I mean you probably don't but they have commercials for like Luigi's Mansion where it's like Dad came home from work or whatever and the kid's been playing Luigi's Mansion to mm-hmm. get better and that's how they like share their day or whatever. Okay, um, I could see Luigi's pulling that that win. Um, but still, the fun of making a level to torment your child, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Mario Maker 2. That's some exciting I shit. That, I guess that's exciting. Um, we'll go ahead and skip the eSports stuff, just because I know we have no idea. Yeah, uh, correct. We'll skip content creator because we have no idea. Best community support is basically the same as best ongoing. Apex Legend, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, or 
uh, Tom Clancy's uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I don't know. I feel like these two. I feel like there's two here. Ah, three. I mean, Siege does a really good job of. They've done a good job of pulling it when pulling it out from, you know, beyond the grave, yeah. basically. Um, so you know that's always that's something that's big. Fortnite did a fantastic job with what they did with theirs, but Apex does do a really good job of like I don't know. I think it's for me. I I don't have a preference between Fortnite or Apex, but it's between those two. I think for me. Yeah. You don't have a horse in that race? Uh, yeah, I definitely don't. Okay, fair. Um, I kind of want to skip the esports stuff, to be honest. We did. Like, permanently forever. Oh, okay. Like, it should not even be appearing. On the list? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they just go too far with it. Like, best One or coach, two would be fine, player. probably. Yeah, like, best, like, best moment, best esports announcer. And it's like really like, yeah i mean i was just like that. i was scrolling through the list to like catch up and it's just like dude there's so much and again it's like i've heard of a so content creator of the year i've heard of shroud i have no idea who any of the other people are like literally never heard of them yeah i don't know and i've never watched anything that shroud has done you know it's not like i'm a big shroud fan or something but it's like i, I like the other people are so small time that they've not broken out of their discourse yeah, I don't know any of those people. <laughs> yeah. So, moving up to audio design, um, we have Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Control, Death Stranding, Gears 5, Resident Evil 2, or Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Yeah, this is another one of those that I think, um, like, the difference between score and, like, in-game audio, that could be condensed into one thing. Yeah, is that I understand that they're two definitely two different things. Yeah, because we had the one previously that also included Death Stranding. Uh, the, like, soundtrack. So it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know. We don't have, like, best actor, best actress, best character, best voice actor, best mocap actor. You know what I mean? If you don't do that, then you shouldn't do it for any of these different... You know? Best taco in a row. We don't have... You don't have best visual design and then separately best filters applied to screen or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. So, again, this one they could probably cut. The best audio design of built-in audio, I think, is probably Control. Because it has some really cool, like, the audio cues that occur in the game. And I mean, an important thing about the game is the audio. Like, yeah. um, the the main enemy is, like, sound-based. Huh. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's so, cool. Um, um, for me, yeah. I would probably go with Resident Evil. Just hearing the shit that's going on in the next room. Mm-hmm. Um, is haunting um, and you know you, you can you could be just standing there looking in a direction and heart, start to hear something rushing up behind you right uh, I mean it's it yeah that's good and I think a lot of these games do that type of thing too where it's like the in-game audio like not looking at sound design but just in-game audio of like things that pertain to what you're doing mm-hmm. um I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, Resident right. Evil, definitely. Best 
art direction. We have Control, Death Stranding, uh, Grease, uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts, uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Um, it can't be Legend of Zelda because there's three different art styles just in that image. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it is interesting. It is interesting that the, the way that they took that art direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't... Yeah. They, they weren't going... I mean, they definitely did something yeah. cool with it, but it's yeah. like... It doesn't necessarily look good. Sure. Um, I think Grease was really cool in the way that they did their art. Uh, it's like very like painterly. Yeah. Uh, it looks very watercolor. Yeah. Um, other than that, I would say probably Sekiro should get that. Probably. Cool. Um... Action Adventure. We have Borderlands 3, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Legend of Zelda again, or Sekiro again. Um, yeah, I would say probably for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving, probably Control. Probably I Control. Think control does a really good job of combining those aspects. Yeah. And again, I think this is somewhere where you kind of get in trouble with defining genres. Because like... Is, are Control and Death Stranding even the same type of video game? They are not. They are not. Um, that's like uh, Heavy Rain and NBA 2K12. Right. You know? It's completely different things that they're, they're that starting right? from and even going to. Like, the, the goal is completely different between the two. You know? Ah, it was 2010. Shit. Shit. I was close, huh? Close. All right. Well, we tried. Uh, best action game. Which is fucking weird that we have best action game and best action adventure game. Correct. Um, but best action game, Apex Legend, Astral Chain, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, um, Devil May Cry, Gears 5, or Metro Exodus. Oh, it can't be Metro Exodus because the game didn't even do that well. Um, I mean, out of these ones, the one action game that I probably had... I don't know. Is it really an action? It's kind of an action game. Astral Chain was interesting. Hmm. It did some very interesting stuff, and it was a fun game. Um, I don't know. I didn't play Devil May Cry 5. That yeah, I would say of the, the list, it's probably got to be Devil May Cry. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I, I think a, I agree with them. Kind of a weird and, one, but now we come into, obviously, the reason that these are done. Yeah, the game of the year. Uh, this is um, recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative fields and technical fields. Yeah. Um, so we have Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil, The Dump, uh, Sekiro, Shadow Die Twice, Super Smash Ultimate, or The Outer Worlds. Hmm. Um, this one's a rough one. I, I mean, I think of this list, I would definitely give it to Outer Worlds. Yeah. Um... Because the, the, the kind of the whole idea of Outer Worlds in my mind is like, let's take a studio that's been making RPGs for 30 years and just condense all their knowledge down into one act, into right? One, like into yeah. one product. So like, like Control's really cool. It's interesting. Um, it's got a cool story. But like, is Control the best of that style of game? No. Death Stranding is cool. It's a walking simulator. That's Resident true. Evil 2 is a game that was made several years like ago. 20 years ago. Uh, Sekiro is... Uh, Sekiro would be the other one I think you could argue. Where, yeah. hey, we've been distilling this thing over and over again. And 
it's not just Dark Souls four or whatever. It is like different. It's, it's set up different differently. Enough. Yeah, and it's it's definitely different enough. So yeah, it comes down to those. I think. Yeah, I think Outer Worlds and Secure Resident Evil is good, but that argument will always be there that hey, this was done ninety nine years ago and a bitch is one. Mm. Um, but it just it I don't know they. Sh- can you put that in the group for game of the year when it did it win game of the year the original year it came out uh, yeah that's a good question <laughs> it's weird um super smash i don't think really needs to be in here that one i mean i feel like they could have picked something something else this was a weird year for games to be honest yeah. Um, I mean, looking at this list, it just kind of proves. I mean, we had some good games, but like compare them to last year, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we had God of War, you know? It just yeah. it was it was last year felt bigger. Um, this year it just they like last year if Super Smash had come out, Super Smash wouldn't have been on the list yeah i don't think because it would have been overshadowed by things like spider-man um but yeah i think uh uh outer worlds yeah it was the most complete experience that i probably played this year well not only that but outer worlds is like hey here is exactly what an a rpg is you know what i mean yeah yep it didn't do and, anything crazy. It didn't, like, super... In fact, the negative of it, it probably is that it missed, like, doing new things. But that's yeah. not really a negative when you've completely perfected old things, right? Yeah, it, it put them all together um, in a... Uh, not... I don't want to say a linear experience. It's definitely not a linear experience. But it is an experience where you are corralled and mm. you you know you want to go to the next thing you're not being pushed to the next thing you really just want to be at the next thing right um so it's it's interesting on the way that it uh it's delivered and then the style is really fun like Mm -hmm. the characters that you see like right away you see that dude with the big fucking moon head from spacer's choice you know, yeah. it's it's cool. There, there's there's a lot going on, a lot of interesting characters and character development that happens throughout the game, mostly with Pravardi. Right. Um But uh, yeah, I agree. Outer Worlds. Um, that's something that we have to set up. We usually set that up closer to the last show of the year here in December. Um, we'll talk about our uh, game of the year. We usually have uh, usually between like five you know probably about five or six games that we talk about Mm -hmm. um and then we each kind of pick what game out of those five or six that we um identify with the most and say this is why this game was um so out of this list yeah the outer worlds cool um so that's pretty much our show for this week um and maybe next week depending on what goes down um you know we'll all be traveling for the holidays so if we don't get to speak to you guys before then um have a fantastic thanksgiving and or other holiday that is celebrated in between there that i don't know about um i'm always looking for days off work so go ahead and slide me that email nice um and uh 
you know, if you guys get the chance, you can always check out our story mode. We just recorded the last piece of story mode uh, for The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. So um, if you go listen to all five of them, it'll give you the story of The Witcher all the way up through The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, excluding the DLCs um, as of now. Uh, yep. So um, thanks, anyone, for, uh, you know, popping in to say uh, hello and, uh, you know, into the live stream. And for... Uh, the um, podcast here. If you guys get the chance, don't be afraid to tap that review button. We'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on what we're doing here, if you'd like to hear something else. Or otherwise, the feedback is always taken into consideration and greatly appreciated. Uh, but until next time, thank you guys. I am Night Swarm. And I'm Filter Cord. Have a good one. <laughs>